You are listening to What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Welcome back to yet another episode of What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Today we will be reviewing Return of the Living Dead Part 2 from 1988. And then we'll be going backwards and reviewing The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Same year I was born. But uh, yeah, since it's my turn to be going first, we'll be talking about Return of the Living Dead from, yeah, Return of the Living Dead Part 2 from 1988. I'm already fucking up. Anyway, during the zombie outbreak in Louisville, a military truck is transporting barrels of the trioxin. When one breaks loose and falls into a river without the driver noticing. The next morning, preteens Johnny and Billy take a little kid named Jesse into a cemetery for a like a group jump in almost by the preteens. Frightened, Jesse flees into a nearby storm drain where he and the others stumble across the unique barrel. Upon opening it, they find a corpse inside and run away screaming as toxic gas contains within a breaking leak. When Jesse says he's going to call the army from the number on the barrel, the bullies trap him inside of a monolithium or whatever the fuck they're called, and leave them there. Billy and Johnny return to the barrel and open it, releasing the gas that begins to cover the whole cemetery. A trio of ga- grave robbers, Ed, Joey, and Brenda, arrive in their van. Brenda is creeped out by the cemeteries and stays behind inside the van. Ed and Joey go into the cemetery, where they start to loot the tombs inside of the place where Jesse is. When they enter it, Jesse is able to break free and run home. Meanwhile, acid rainfall causes the gas to begin seeping into the ground and reanimating the corpses. Returning home, Jesse is ordered to do his homework by his older sister, Lucy, but sneaks out of the house when a cable repairman, Tom, distracts her. He goes to Billy's house to see him, but he is all of a sudden fallen ill, so he makes up an excuse, and Billy's Mother allows him to give a give him a little brief visit. Suffering from the effects of the gas, Billy warns Jesse not to tell anyone what they found. Against his friend's wishes, Jesse returns to the sewer to look at the barrel some more. Upon seeing a tar-covered zombie, he flees into the cemetery where the newly resurrected bodies begin to dig their way out of the ground. Meanwhile, Brenda goes to check on her companions and, and encounters a zombie, but is also able to get away. Ed and Joey are still inside of the mausoleum when a corpse comes to life. Joey smashes its head with a crowbar and they flee the building. They're running through a mob of zombies when they run into a hysterical Brenda. Jesse gets home and tries to tell Lucy about the zombies, but she dismisses him and locks him in his room. Elsewhere, Ed, Joey, and Brenda show up at Billy's house to get help, but they run away when Billy's dad pulls out a shotgun on them. Meanwhile, Jesse starts a fire outside of his door to set off the smoke detectors to distract his sister so he can escape. Jesse calls the army and gets through to Colonel Glover, who had helped put out the outbreak days earlier but the call gets disconnected. Ed, Joey, and Brenda steal Tom's van, but are unable to get 
through the zombie horde. So they barge into Jesse's house. Joey begins to fall ill from the exposure. As the zombies close in on to the house, the graveyard robbers attempt to find a getaway car. They manage to break into a doctor's house where they convince him to let them use his car and they drive to a hospital emergency room that appears to be deserted. At Billy's house, his condition worsens and his father leaves to get the doctor, but Billy's mother sees him being attacked and eaten by a group of zombies. Fully turned, Billy proceeds to attack his mother. Elsewhere, Tom, Lucy, and Jesse escape a group of zombies and take the car to look around town. They make it to Lucy and Jesse's grandfather's house and break into his gun safe and get weapons and ammo. They go back to the hospital where Ed and Joey are both experiencing symptoms of rigor mortis. Jesse is attacked by a zombie that both he and Tom shot multiple times. Brenda is upset about the diagnosis for Joey and they try to leave in the car but Ed follows them and gets in the car too. They are stopped at gunpoint by the National Guards under Glover's command. A fully zombified Ed attacks and kills one of the soldiers causing his squad's mate to flee. Brenda drives away with Joey leaving Ed behind. Brenda is attacked by by a zombified Joey and unable to kill her former lover she is willing to let him camelize her. Fleeing in a stolen ambulance the survivors come to a roadblock and the National Guard mistake, mistakenly opens fires on them thinking they are zombies. Realizing that the whole town has been evacuated, Tom thinks of a new strategy to give the zombies what they want. And then he ends up driving them to a meat packing plant. They take a truck and distribute brains out the back of, of the truck as they drive to a power plant intending to electrocute them all. Billy opens the gate and a horde of zombies are coming. Jesse is attacked by Billy and stabs him with a screwdriver and then activates the power, killing all the zombies. Billy walks in holding the screwdriver, clearly still not dead yet, and Jesse pushes him into a large transformer that fell through the roof. Glover and his men arrive to contain the scene, and the lead of the others just walk away, and yeah, that's about it for that one. Um, When it comes to Rotten Tomato scores and everything, they gave this one a 5 from Rotten Tomato, with an audience score of 44, I clearly um, do not agree with that. I do agree with Google's 90%. This movie did have a budget of $6.2 million, and it made about $9.2 million in box office. So when it comes to my overall thoughts and everything, just as good as the original, in my opinion. It has a great story of a group of kids and adults trying to survive a zombie takeover in their town. That's supposed to be... A zombie movie to be taken seriously since this one is supposed to be a comedy as well so not really the gore blood fest type of film that we usually like but we still like this movie since this movie did come out in the 80s the blood and gore would have been highly edited anyways kind of like some of the older films that we've reviewed in the past i did like the action and the sense of humor in this film it made it watchable for years to come I mean, I've watched this movie plenty of times. One more thing I found funny as hell was when the zombies were all being electrocuted. The random zombie that was dressed up like Michael Jackson 
made me laugh my ass off. So with all of that, I gave this one a five skull rating. What about you there, Tim? Yeah, I also like the reference from because two of the actors are the same ones from the first movie. And I like the fact that they actually even say this is like deja vu and do all the weird stuff. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, the comedy's there, but yet there's enough like shocks and thrills to keep you going through the movie that you don't, you, you still jump. It's got the jump scares constantly, which is a lot of fun and not predictable all the time. Like, you know, some of the movies we've watched are super, super predictable. Um, yeah, I really do like these movies. I had watched this not long ago, and I just rewatched it again for the podcast. So it's like, yeah, this is one I've watched a few, probably dozens and dozens of times. So yeah, for me, it was also a five skull rating, and I, I don't know, I, I just, I mean, the the weird guy, um, yeah, it just the only thing I did notice is uh, I think they did reuse some of the zombies throughout it. If you watch, some of the zombies are the same people in makeup several times, even after they're torn apart. If you watch really closely, but you don't really notice it because they mix them up and they change the front liners. It's a lot of fun, though. I really enjoyed this movie. I'd watch it again. So, yeah, five skull ratings for me, too. All right. I think that'll be it for this part. So we'll go on to Tim's movie next, which, again, is The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Take it away, Tim. All right. It starts off um, this kid from high school, just fresh out of high school, just got a new job at this uh, medical supply warehouse. And uh, this boss is one of his, his boss, but not the boss, is showing him the ropes and stuff and showing him around. It's pretty cool. You know, they even put a uh, female skeleton talking on how they talk about perfect teeth and the description of the female skeleton and all that. And they put it in a box, put it away. Then he takes him in and he's trying to show off and he shows him this cadaver that's hanging in the uh, freezer. Because apparently for ballistic test and for, um, for medical uh, training and stuff like that, they use the cadavers. Well, it's just like hanging from its head in there in the freezer, like a meat, a big chunk of meat. Anyhow, he goes and sits in the uh, office and yeah, the um, kid's a little freaked out, but kind of finds it kind of cool. So he's like talking to him for a minute and he gets um, the other guy goes, what kid you ask him? He goes, what's the uh, strangest thing you've ever seen? Uh, the other employee goes, well, you know, this that story about the, the, the dead rising from the grave goes. It really happened. He describes this, the uh, chemical formula and stuff that brought him back from the dead and all that. And he goes, well, how would you know this? Because we have them, some of the containers down in the cellar. So he takes them down and shows them it. Sounds kind of cool, right? Nope. They screw up, tap on it, open the damn container, get gas everywhere, and they get knocked out cold. And then, uh, well, while they're unconscious and stuff, they wake back up. They don't feel so great, obviously. I mean, they just got knocked out of this. This stuff stinks. They're spraying like spray everywhere and everything. They hear dog barking. Well, one of the things he showed them was these dogs are cut in half. Went to go pick them up off the floor. Sure enough, it's a dog cut in half that's barking and yipping. <laughs> this thing's reanimated and alive. The butterflies on the butterfly pegboard are moving. And then all of a sudden, you start hearing this banging at the door for the uh, corpse, the single corpse that they have in the uh, freezer. Oh, he's obviously freaking out the other employee and stuff because they're going to get in trouble for this. Knew he was going to get in trouble. So they can't figure out what to do. They finally call the boss. Uh, the boss comes and shows up. And while this is all going on, um, the kid's girlfriend's trying to get to him and stuff. And we've got a whole crew of uh, people he's bringing over because they're planning on partying um, that night. And they know that he knows usually knows where the best parties are. So they're on their way over. Well, the boss gets there, says, well, I, we got to get rid of this evidence. We have to. Now, you're sure that's a corpse in there? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's all that's in there. So they decide they're going to have to take this thing out. 
because they'd already seen the dog, so they realized that you know it was reanimated. So they let the corpse out and they stick a pickaxe through its skull, pin it to the floor. It doesn't stop moving. The whole brain theory, bashing the brain that like the movies show, was not true. This thing's still working. So then the boss proceeds to cut its head off with a hacksaw. Guess what? Body's still flailing around with the thing, the head's still pinned to the floor, and they're all still moving. So yeah, that's a terrible way for this all to start off. Apparently, the bodies, the, the all the body parts can survive independently. Um, during this time, the uh, car shows up. He doesn't have the gas money to run around. The, I mean, this these this is quite the crew of kids. Um, one of them has like chains, like a, a nose ring to his ear, the chains, and he's got chains all over. It's just really strange. They decide to go in the cemetery and kind of party and hang out for a little while while they wait for um, their buddy to get off work so they can go go find a real party. So they're hanging out in the cemetery. Well, they decide uh, while this is all going on, go back to the uh, back to the warehouse. And he looks out the window. The boss looks out the window and sees that the um, mortuary is still open. It's his long-term friend for like 25 years. Works there. He goes, maybe he can help. Well, how are we going to transport this body? Go get the bone saw. Yep. They're cutting this thing up into itsy bitsy pieces. <laughs> sure enough, they're carrying it over, and um, the girlfriend sees us hanging out with one of the guys at, at the the um, cemetery and sees him. Pretty sure it's him, but uh, gets talked out of thinking it's him. While this is also happening, uh, one of the other, one of the girls that starts strip teasing, dancing, and takes off all her clothes and is dancing on top of the gravestones, completely bare ass naked. Yes, Lando gets his titties in this one for sure, and everything else as well. As a matter of fact. So this is, uh, and she then proceeds during this time to try and sleep with the, the really strange guy with all the uh, weird piercings and stuff. But he's like, no, this is just a way of life. You don't understand and kind of shuns her off, which kind of surprised me. But they go over there and they try to pass it off as rabid ferrets and he wants them to burn them alive. <laughs> and the guy's like, not, refuses to do it after he pulls a gun on him when he comes in because he has a, apparently a pistol on him all the time. <laughs> and he just quick draws it up to his head. He says, well, at least let me shoot him first. At this point, they swear him to secrecy, and they, they don't really have much of a choice at this point. They got to kind of come clean. So they swear him to secrecy and show him an arm. This arm rips his uh, pant leg, grabs his leg, and rips his pant leg uh, and shreds it because it tries to grab him. Somehow knows enough to grab somebody. Anyhow. So he figures that out. It's kind of all freaking out. And they, um, they decide that he's going to do it. He's always in a big favor. Big, big favor, but he doesn't know what it is yet, but you're going to owe me a big favor. So he goes ahead and burns it. This is a mistake. They burn it in the crematorium and make sure to burn it enough to burn up the heart and everything, which means they have to burn it extra long and extra hot because all uh, sometimes there's little pieces left. And all this stuff goes up in the smoke and creates instantaneous acid rain and fog everywhere. Uh, acid rain drips down. You see it dripping down into the uh, onto the corpses under the ground of the cemetery. And it starts burning the kids, all the kids that are over there. They all run to the car. Of course, this car is kind of a POS. They can't get started. The roof starts leaking. The uh, the naked lady sitting in the back seat, still naked, by the way. <laughs> she still doesn't have clothes on at this point. This is uh, this is a long term situation with no clothes. It's one of the good '80s movies. So they go and they they're in there. They're trying to figure this out. They decide to go and uh, try and find. Uh, his girlfriend tries to go and see him and takes one of the other kids with her. They go over to check that out. Well, while this is all going on, they got the um you could hear these moaning and weird sounds and stuff like that coming from the cemetery. Couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. Well, the corpses are being reanimated and they're coming up to the ground. So they uh when they go over to the 
well, the warehouse, the two people, they, uh, her and the one guy, she goes downstairs and she winds up falling through. The, no, she goes over alone. That's right. She went over alone first. Second time she goes with someone. Uh, went down stairs and she sees um, a reanimated corpse down in the cellar. The one that was in the barrel that got opened up, it actually didn't just evaporate like we thought it did. It actually came back to life. It's like a tar-covered corpse that's talking about brains and trying to get their brains. But she tries running upstairs. There's a weak step that everybody knew about before, but she didn't know about, obviously. Fell through to the bottom. It turns around, still comes after her. She locks herself in a closet, barricades herself in, puts a bar underneath the handle so it can't be opened. Should be safe, right? Pretty heavy duty. This thing's smart enough, takes a come along, hooks it up to the door, and starts cranking on it, and starts pulling the door apart. I this is a pretty freaking ingenious uh zombie, kind of scary. Oh, they she starts screaming after they'd already went over the mortuary and stuff. They, they already got attacked. They lost the one girl, the naked girl. She gets attacked. She had already said her worst fear was to be eaten alive by a bunch of old people, old guys. Well, guess what? That's exactly how she dies. She gets eaten alive. So they lose her, but they all run back and forth. Um, they wind up meeting up with the people over there. They realize at this point, the um, crematorium guy, he realizes that they're the 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 boy the guy the girl's boyfriend the one the, his worker and the other worker they actually have rigor mortis setting in they have no heartbeat they're not alive they're room temperature they figure this out because they get the ambulance to come check him out so basically they're dead so this is kind of creepy really creepy um so apparently they're dead but not dead yet brain isn't dead yet all the running back and forth um wind up going over they wind up saving the girl downstairs just in the nick of time but it's too late for Spider. That's the guy with the weird um, chains and stuff like that, and the uh, the weird piercings. He gets bit in the head by that um, by the tar cupboard zombie in the cellar. Well, they barricade him, barricade the zombie into the cellar. They go in to try and use the phone, and the zombies break the window and get into the office. So they have to shut that off. Uh, they, that's not a route anymore. They wind up going back over, and everybody's locking in and trying to barricade themselves into the. Uh, the crematorium and stuff like that. The uh, and they wind up in the, the no, they wind up barricading themselves in the crematorium room is because that's actually got the best defense of all the different places. But they don't. the The guy that works there keeps on trying to warn them that they're gonna turn. These guys are dead. We probably shouldn't have them in the same room. Well, Freddie's girlfriend wouldn't wouldn't leave him alone, so she stays with the two of them. Get locked in this in the like church section, which has bars on the windows and such. Uh, sure enough. Her boyfriend turns and tries to eat her. She screams. They come in. They save her, fortunately. But the guy runs out. The other co-worker runs out of the room. We're not sure why he runs out at this point, but he runs out of the room. And during all this chaos, they manage to lock Freddy into the room temporarily. But they can't. The other guy doesn't attack him or anything, which is what I was expecting. And they, uh, she winds up with just, just winds up her and the, uh, and the guy that works at the crematorium. The guy does all the embalming and everything. Well, he goes He goes up. Uh, they wind up eventually hiding in an attic during all this time while the others are running around outside trying to get uh, help. Every time it, the zombies are actually calling, getting on the radio and asking, send more paramedics. Sure enough, they eat the paramedics. Cops come out, send more cops. <laughs> and they eat the cops. So they're like really active and really fast zombies. Like not superhuman speed, but they're really, they're like, normal speed no slow zombies in this one but yeah locked in a chapel they uh freddy gets free 
eventually he catches up with his girlfriend and they don't um but they he, the other guy gets him up her up in the attic he's trying to break his way up in he broke his hand they had tried to kill him it didn't work they, uh, threw acid in his face that didn't work and he's locked up in there well during all this time like the the military guy had been contacted with the number they contacted him and the general actually basically ordered a nuke to be fired upon this so they hear a noise everybody hears this noise and they they're about to die um upstairs but the others are all in the car and just boom completely gone the entire thing as they're up in the attic and then it's supposed to be all taken care of but uh, yeah as soon as as soon as the like freeze frames like a nuke goes off literally uh freddie had just broken through the uh into the attic so he was about to eat them both but the uh other guy had a gun to her head so he was going to take her out and probably himself too so at least they wouldn't get eaten alive i believe that was his plan that's what it was looking like to me i think he was going to do a murder suicide just so that they wouldn't literally be eaten alive and then uh even though the small area was destroyed and the casualties are limited as he speaks a toxic rain falls once more as you hear zombies uh start to scream in their graves indicating there's another invasion about to begin because they shot it and they didn't realize with the with this it actually creates it to go airborne and then starts the uh thunder lightning storms and all the fog and the acid rain the acid rain re actually reanimates more corpses so instead of being a local into that one cemetery that nuke spread it even more over a larger area which leads you to believe there's going to be a sequel based on this one which we already went over ironically earlier in this episode so which wasn't the same thing which I was a little let down when it first came out, I'll be honest. But yeah. Um, yeah, so basically everybody just dies. There's no way to survive in this one. There's zero chance of survival, unfortunately. But it was actually the comedy section of it was really good. But I'll get into that when I get my thoughts. But oh well, this one was higher rated than the sequel. Rotten Tomato gave it a ninety-one percent with an audience score of seventy-nine. Uh Google gave it a ninety-four. This movie had a $4 million budget and made about $14.2 million. Now, when it comes to my overall thoughts, just as the sequel, this one had a great story to tell as well. Just as entertaining as the first movie we talked about. It has action, humor, somewhat gore, somewhat blood. We're pretty spot on with the sequel. You do get to see a little bit more zombies in this one than the sequel. Another thing that the sequel didn't have was ass and titties. <laughs> uh, the only thing I did not care for was the ending. After all of what they went through, the group ended up getting blown up by the U.S. military. So um, with that being said, I gave this movie a five score rating. So that's five for five for me. What about you there, Tim? Yep. And I did forget to mention the fact that she came out of the cemetery like almost like looked like a, something out of a music video. Like naked, like flaunting her stuff, walking out of the cemetery, bare ass naked to a homeless guy who just looks at her in awe as he, she walks over and just eats him. <laughs> so it's like, okay. But yeah, no, it's uh, this was really a uh, really good movie. I actually preferred this one slightly over the first one, but I'd watch them both back to back over and over again. So yeah, definitely a five skull rating for me too. And I do agree with the scores. They gave a lot better on this one than I did on the other one. I'm actually surprised it rated so lowly on, low on Rotten Tomatoes on the other one. Because, yeah, very good movies, very good watches. Watch them. I didn't tell everything in order and all the detail because I don't want you to. I want you to watch this movie. Actually watch this one. And, you know, comment. Leave us some thoughts. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I usually do a Q&A section for everybody that listens to us on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, you'll see Q&A questions. You'll see polls on there, too. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing the last three episodes now. But anyways, I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. So, as always, if you have any movie suggestions, you can always email us at whatinthehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Twitter. That's What in the Horror Podcast, all one word. You can also join our Discord. But as always, I've been Lando. And I've been Tim. And we are the fuck out of here. You were listening to What in the Horror. See you next time. <laughs>